great is your faithfulness, O God. You wrestle with the sinner's heart. You lead us by still waters into mercy. And nothing can keep us apart. So remember your people. Remember your children. Remember your promise, O God. Your grace is enough. Your grace is covering us by your blood, Jesus. Glory to your name. You are holy, Jesus. We love you, Lord God. For your sacrifice, Jesus. surrender my life I'm in all of you 
sin washed white I owe all to you I owe to you
Let's do that with our whole heart right now. Hallelujah. We bless your name, Lord. We bless your name, Jesus. What a precious Savior. What a precious blood. What a beautiful, beautiful Savior. Hallelujah. 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 Without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sins, Scripture says, and on Memorial Day weekend, we understand that we stand in freedom as Americans. 
because of those that gave the ultimate sacrifice. And Memorial Day weekend is to celebrate those that paid the highest price for our freedom. And so today we thank everyone who's been in service. If you have been military service here or you're online today and you've been in the military service, we give you a round of ovation for thank and as a thank you for all you've done. Would you help me last spring? Just thank you, everyone that's joining us online and everyone in here. Amen. Thank you for your service to this country. Amen. 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 Somebody say freedom isn't free. Amen. We want to take our offering at this time. I was reading the passage of Scripture where the servants of Saul called for David because when the spirit of the Lord left Saul and came on David, another spirit came on Saul, an evil spirit, the Bible says. And they needed someone that was a musician, like Rob. They needed someone that could throw down with a harp. You know, his harp is shaped a little different today, but he's still throwing down with the old acoustic harp. And so they said, I know one, it's David. David never knew that playing music was going to bring him before the king. But God used a devil to open an opportunity for David's gift. Think about that. The problem created an opportunity for David. And so whenever they called for David, they said, send for David to the house of Jesse and have him come and play for the king because the king's spirit would be soothed by the music and the evil spirit would leave him and he would have peace. Interesting enough that they were calling for David because of his gift. But when they called for David, Jesse sent him with a donkey and with gifts for the king. Why would Jesse send gifts to the king when the king has everything? It's because you never go before a king without a gift. That's the principle of the word of God. You never go before the king without a gift, either gifting yourself to the Lord or gifting of your resource that he gave you anyways. And so that's why we take offerings in the house of the Lord is because we want to bring something before the king. If you don't have something to give today, if you're online and you want to give, please just text to give there. It's going to be at the bottom of the screen or anyone that wants to give can do so at our website. But today we pray over the offering. Lord, we thank you for the ability to give. We thank you for the opportunity. Today we give with social distancing, completely different than anything we've ever done. Maybe some of us from old church remember marching and giving, but today it seems like all new because of what we're doing and what we're dealing with. And those of you at home that are giving, I pray that you're able to give. And those that cannot give today, I pray for blessings on your life so that you can return them to the King in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you as you give. We're going to march today and give. So. Amen. Well, some of you got thank you cards from Pastor. If you didn't, I'm still working on yours. <laughs> but I want to say thank you for all of the help, all of the giving, all of the time spent. You may be seated. Um, just sponsoring, helping to give, and, and also just supporting the church while we've been away. Anybody excited about Reunion Sunday next Sunday, having everybody back here? Amen. If you're watching us online, don't worry. We're still going to be pushing out to those that are watching the videos. We've had three, 400, 1,500 watching videos, clicking on, and it's just been amazing. And so we feel we need to continue to offer that. How many know the word needs to go out to all the world? Even if they don't come to your building, they need to hear the gospel. Amen. That there's death, burial, and resurrection, and you must be born again of water and a spirit. We need to get that message out. So we're going to continue to do so and uh, celebrate the freedom that God has given us. As a funeral director, I do get to go to memorial services, and, and the casket will be there draped with the flag, and they'll fold the flag, present it to the family, and then they'll say, as they're handing the triangle flag to the family, they'll say, on behalf of the president of the United States and a grateful nation, I present you with your loved one's flag in honor of their in grateful honor of their service to this to America. And when they give that flag, they turn over the flag to the person that's receiving it, and then they'll salute. They're saluting a person that may have never been in the military, but they're saluting because of the service that that flag represents the person who was in the military. And it was interesting that one of these occasions that the service was done and the salute came and the officer walked away from the family 
And they were holding the flag up to their chest like this in the triangular form. And the guns went off, the 21-gun salute. And I was not used to that. Uh, that, that caught me off guard. And so I jumped like everybody else, you know, because the guns are loud. But they just held that flag and wept because that was something that their loved one did for them. They understood that even though they gave to their country, their country gives them their freedom. And today we're having some of our freedoms coming back to us, some of our freedoms of travel, some of our freedoms to just get in the car and go somewhere when we want to. And all of us are like very thankful that those are coming back. Amen? You're starting to be very thankful for the little things. And right now the only hugs I get are people with the same last name that I have. And maybe I like it that way. I don't know. Maybe I will keep it that way, <laughs> um, at least for a little while. But I remember at one such occasion, guns were done, the salute was over, family was thankful. There was an old gentleman who was a veteran, and he said, take me to where the veterans are buried in the cemetery. And they pushed him in the chair, and they took him down the ramp and out to the area where all the veterans are buried. And they rolled him into the in the grass a little bit, a little bumpy grass. And so they kind of bumped him around. He was in his 90s by that time. And I saw them lock the wheels on the wheelchair and he grabbed the arms and he struggled to his feet. And then he saluted. He said, it's worth it. Freedom is worth it. And I know one I know one named Jesus who hung on a cross for me and for you. And he pushed and struggled. See, I get emotional because it's for me and it's for you. And it's personal. And he pushed with his feet and he struggled up. And one more time he said, it is finished. It is done. Sin is gone. Shame is gone. Guilt is gone. Because of one who on one day saluted and said it's worth the sacrifice. Amen. So we have a flag hanging today in honor of Memorial Day weekend. It's not just about what you barbecue. <laughs> not just about playing some soccer in the front yard with the kids. But it's about real men and women who gave their lives for freedom. And today it's all about one man, a blood agent. One who was born to die, amen? And I'm going to talk about that a little bit in our encouraging word. But let's remember those who have fallen for our freedom.
Come on, let's thank one more time. Let's thank those that have fallen. Why don't we give a standing ovation as a representative to all those who have fought and served. Thank you for all you've done. Amen. 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 If you have your Bibles, I want to give... Are you ready for an encouraging word? Amen. How many remember when you were younger, the preacher saying something very strange, which was plead the blood? Do you remember that? If you've been in, in church a long time, you remember the preacher saying, let's plead the blood. And as a kid, you didn't know what that meant at all. It was totally confusing. But whenever you were in church and you would begin to pray, you found out that it was the blood that Jesus shed that can protect, can heal, can save, can deliver, all of those different characteristics of the blood. So when you pled the blood over somebody or over something, you were pleading salvation, protection, hope, healing. It didn't matter what they needed. You didn't have to know what somebody needed. You just pled the blood of Jesus over them, and the blood took care of it. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. I'm thankful for the blood. How about you? Amen. I want to talk to you for just a couple minutes, just a couple minutes here, if, we would, if you wouldn't mind, um, about, give me my sermon title, because I forgot it, <laughs> Freedom Through the Blood. You know, you have to write some things down as you get older, or you start to forget. <laughs> I'm so thankful that I, I, I kind of went through quite a um, some different things with this sermon, and I was trying to figure out which title I was supposed to give it. And um, I want you to know that freedom may not be free, but it came through Jesus Christ, and we should celebrate that and not get used to that. That shouldn't be a message that we just yawn our way through because we've heard it 20 times before. That should be something that we get totally beside ourselves excited about because nobody could offer a perfect sacrifice but Jesus. And he lived perfect, so he could be perfect to give that perfect sacrifice. And nobody can do that but the Lord. Ain't nobody like, good job. Ain't nobody like Jesus. And I'm just trying to get my notes ready because I have them in post-it note form. Normally, an encouraging word, I just stick them all out on the table, and you don't see that because you're watching through a camera. But now I'm just trying to get them out and in place. Um, why don't we go ahead and read the scripture, Galatians. If you have your Bibles, if not, you can follow along. But I want to talk about freedom through the blood, and I think this will encourage you. That is what it's designed to do. It is, in fact, an encouraging word. So there's a really good verse in number 27 that I haven't chosen to highlight, but for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Anybody put on Christ here? Amen. That's important because that's where the blood gets applied to your life is in baptism. And then verse 29, which is my focus, and if you be, in, if you be Christ, and if you be, that's possessive, he, you belong to him. If you be Christ, then ye are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What promise is it talking about? It's talking about the promise given to Abraham. That when you apply the blood of Jesus Christ on your life in baptism in Jesus' name, you accept the promise from Abraham that God gave to Abraham passes all the way down through the bloodline to you when you get out of that tank in Jesus' name. Amen? That's what baptism is so powerful. It remits sins, but it also puts you in the bloodline. And I want to talk to you for a minute about the freedom through that blood. Amen. Would you pray with me, Lord? We just ask you to encourage us through this word in Jesus' name. Everybody said Amen. You may be seated. I plead the blood over this encouraging word. And if you be Christ, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. And heirs according to the promise. You have to be in the right bloodline as a Jew in order to get anything from God. They understood that their stability came from who they were connected to and what their bloodline was. Because they were the chosen people of God. How many know that's true? God chose them as the people of God. And even whenever disciples were sent out early on, they would ask, what is your name? And when they told them their name, they would say, you're not of the stock of Israel. I cannot pray for you. Wouldn't that be strange? 
come, you come with a need today, and you come to the altar and say, preacher, would you pray for me? And I ask you what your name is, and your name isn't Jewish descent. And I would say, I'm sorry, I cannot pray for you. It's not right for me to cast the bread, the children's bread to dogs. That's what he, one disciple said. And so in, in that particular instance, the lady that was trying to get her daughter saved or healed actually said, but there's crumbs. The dogs get to eat from the crumbs from the ta- master's table. She wouldn't give up. And the reason why she wasn't offended by being called a dog is because Gentiles were called dogs by Jews. They were used to that. They grew up with that. So when she was standing before Jesus as a rabbi and he said, it's not meat for me to give the bread, children's bread to dogs, she said, I know, but there is crumbs from the table. And I'm asking you to give me the crumbs from the table. And because of her faith, she jumped an entire dispensation. Hello, somebody. It wasn't supposed to happen till after Jesus died, but she got it beforehand because she got into what Jesus came to do. She understood by faith. Amen, somebody. Your faith can take you places that you will not, that God wasn't ready for you to go to, but he'll jump you to it. He'll quantum leap you into blessings. He'll quantum leap you into things in the bloodline because you had faith in God. Amen. I'm already preaching. Are you ready for me today? You're not ready for me today, are you? I hope so, because I, I have like 30 sermons built up over the quarantine. So we'll get done probably tomorrow morning at 9. Half, half the church, this whole side of the church just got up and left. But the interesting thing is that even when he told them not to do that, Jesus had a plan to bring everyone into the bloodline. So what I found out was being an heir of the promise of God comes through that foundation. The Jews have very, very stiff understanding of this. They, They believe they're nothing without their bloodline. And a lot of people don't have pride in their bloodline because their family has made mistakes or their families have fallen apart or people are humans and made mistakes and now they're on third, fourth marriages or something, all of those different factors. And people, especially millenniums and Generation Z, they, they don't have pride in their bloodline anymore. They may not even talk to their parents. They may be orphaned. They may, they may not have anything to be proud about in their bloodline. So we don't understand in this culture what it means to have a bloodline that is the most important thing in your life. And the Jews knew that, so they, they made it their foundation. They knew that they were chosen by God as a people, and that because of who my father is and my father's father and my father's father's father, that's why I have blessings in my life. And, of course, they still believe this, but you have to understand that the book of Numbers isn't in the Bible because God likes math. <laughs> I mean, he put, he, he put it in there because... They were very serious about keeping who came before you and why you have a right to access God. And you don't have a right to just have everything that the people of God have unless you've tapped into the bloodline. You have to understand that though you may pray a prayer of faith and God will answer, God is willing to hear those that are praying prayers that have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. And whenever God's people call on God, it moves heaven. Amen. Paul and Silas are in a jail, and they start singing at midnight. They praise for their problem. And God, I, I, just, I just think that God's looking down from heaven, and he's like, starts tapping his toe because he likes it. And anytime God taps his toe in heaven, earthquakes happen on the earth. So they broke out of jail on the Lord enjoying their praise. Amen. <laughs> It probably didn't happen like that. If you're watching online, I apologize. It's a very Sunday school way of presenta- presenting that, but I'm just enjoying myself here today. So we know that the Lord gives, ben- gives us a, a, a way of inheriting the promises of Abraham in this scripture. That the bloodline is what gives you the right to be a benefactor of Abraham's promise to his seed. He said, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to bless you as the sands of the sea and the stars of the sky, and I'm going to bless your generation, all the generations after you. And we understand that 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 power of that promise, that blessing, 
is, show, is shown in Scripture in many places. Abraham's promise is shown all throughout the Bible. And you even see, you even see in Hebrews in one place where Levi is blessed 200 years before he's even born for the tithe and the giving and the offerings. 200 years before he's even formed. And I, I'm blown away by the fact that God knows me even before I was born. That God formed me and fashioned me. And that's a beautiful thing because even though I was a Gentile, and most of us here are considered Gentiles, unless you have a Jewish background, you're a Gentile. You weren't welcome to the promises and the benefit and to be a benefactor of the promise of Abraham. So when we look at that and realize that we didn't have the opportunity, but we see the blessings of God passing through generations of the Jews, and we see generation after generation coming and going and living on those bloodline blessings, we realize that there's a way in. There's an open door for us to get into those blessings. If the scripture says you can be of that seed, if you, you can have the promise uh, that was given to Abraham through Christ because you're a possession of Christ. No, you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. You have to understand that you can't just do anything you want to do and be anything you want to be when you've been in when you've stepped into the bloodline because the Jews know that the bloodline is important that not only do they have inheritance from the the health and the life and the blessings of their predecessors but they also have to live their life right so that the next one coming behind them is proud of the bloodline that's being passed to them. You don't get to just act anyway. You don't get to just rage on the road. You don't just get to go off and give them all the receipts. You have to live right and holy and righteous because you are passing on a bloodline that you've stepped into through Jesus Christ. Amen, somebody. Let's go ahead and put amen in the chat. Amen, somebody. So I want to live righteous, not just because I want to be a good person on the earth, not just because living holy actually blesses your life, and not just because living holy brings less shame and less grief and less heartache to your life, but I want to live holy because I have the blood of Jesus Christ in my life, and in order for me to pass it on to somebody else, I need to live righteous and holy I need to have the ability to hand somebody the bloodline and say, I'm proud of this. Not pride in the way that you'd fall, but pride in the way that you say, this is worth holding on to. This has great worth. It has worth and it's made me worthy. The bloodline has worth and it's made me worthy. I, w I wasn't worthy because of who, who said I was worthy. I wasn't worthy because someone selected me first on the team. I wasn't worthy because I was the most talented, the most educated. I was worthy because the blood was applied to my life. That's the only thing that makes you worthy. You're not better than anybody else. You're not more talented or more gifted. Even if you are, you're still not better than anybody else. It's not your race or your color or your creed. None of that makes you better than anybody else. But you stand up and square your shoulders back after being bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. And you are now enlisted in an army of heaven. And angels know your name. And devils fear. The name of Jesus has been put on your life. You're not better, but the name that's on your life is, oh, I feel like preaching. I feel like the name that's been put on your life is better than anything else on this earth. And that's why you can walk into the room and people turn their heads and wonder, what is it about you? It's not what's about me. It's about the name, the bloodline that I'm in. It's about the, the God of all grace who came in glory from glory and died for me, put his name on my life. So now when I walk in the room, I walk in as a representative of the bloodline. It's so beautiful. I, I don't know if I'm communicating this in the way that I love it, but just the passing on of promise is enough to make you shout. The fact that Levi wasn't even formed yet, 200 years before he'd be born, and God was always already giving him credit for his tithes and his offerings, God knew him? I guess you can say it was in Levi's genes. <laughs> oh, that was a groaner. That's the best joke you're going to hear all day from me. 
maybe they'll get better. I don't know. So I began to study because Levi was the great, 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 great grandchild of Abraham. And Abraham's promise was so strong that it went out that many generations before they were even born. And it says that we who are Christ's have that same strength of promise. When you get in the bloodline, you've just blessed your great, 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 great grandchild. Sorry, media team. I, I just have to dance and shout for a minute because that changes my whole outlook on what the power of God's promises mean. That changes what it means. It's not just like a human promising something else to another human. I'll be at your house at 9. We're going fishing. I'll bring my boat. That, that's, that's a nice promise because if you make the sandwiches and you want to go fishing, I'll go with you if you bring the boat. And you show up at 9 o'clock. It's awfully nice that you respect me enough to show up on time. But if, if you understand that that promise means so little, someone keeping those promises as a friend to a friend is so little compared to a God promise. A God promise carries massive generational weight and it carries salvation in its word. Amen. How many heard the word last week? You need a personal prophecy over your life. So I began to look at the studies of generations and they're beginning to 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 look at how individuals will whenever whenever a couple comes together what their what their offspring will look like and what the DNA generates and, and what kind of you know predisposed diseases might be in their DNA chain and all of this stuff and I and I stumble across this situation where they're they're actually using virtual technology to do horse breeding for horses. It takes them years to decide what mare they're going to pair with what stallion in order to create a winning thoroughbred. Years of study. And there is one person who deals in the selling of thoroughbred horses. And they don't sell horses. They actually sell bloodline. They look at the horse and its genealogy before they ever write a check for that cult to be born. And they're called bloodstock agents. They're actually an agent. And all they deal in is not horses, but the bloodline. And they have research, and they have compiled knowledge, and they have virtual apps and technology to help them to predict what a cult is going to look like. So that little foggy-eyed, you know, shaky-leg cult that comes out and is barely standing on its own weight, they'll quickly write a check out for hundreds of thousands of dollars, not because of what they see in the little horse, the little colt or foam, but because of the bloodline that it came from. Oh, my goodness. So if you want to bring your mare and mate it with the best thoroughbred in the United States, most sought-after North American leading sire, his name is called Stormcat. And you're going to need a heavy checkbook when you come. Because when you bring your mare to mate with Stormcat, you're going to need to write a check, no guarantees, you're going to need to write a check for $400,000. Is that not interesting? That they don't have a guarantee that this horse is going to be in the winter circle. They don't have a guarantee that there's going to be roses around its neck. They don't even know whether it's going to be a, a winning racehorse. But they write the check happily based upon the winnings and the bloodline of Stormcat. In other words, what's inherited into the value of the cult is not what its personal, uh, its personal achievements are, but what's inherited that gives, gives value, that makes that blood, that bloodstock agent write the check to sell that horse to somebody else for even twice as much is because of the achievements of its predecessors. Do you understand what I'm preaching to you right now? I'm, I guess I am preaching. I've tried to do an encouraging word, but now I'm preaching. I apologize. That's what preachers do. But what happens is they look at the previous achievements of the ones that came before in the bloodline. And the ones that came before are racehorses that won big. And I'm not supporting gambling. I'm just using the analogy. I want you to understand that Stormcat's 
previous achievements are unsurmountable. I, the first time I ever ran into a thoroughbred that ran the Kentucky Derby, I was blown away. I stood next to Elvira, and she had that stamp on the back of her left corner panel. And I have a picture of her on our phone. If I would have thought, I would have shot it to you, media team, and you could have put it up. But her back end was at my head level, and I'm 6'2". She was massive and muscular and gorgeous and shiny and um, unbelie an unbelievable. I've never been that close to a championship-winning horse, and I was blown away by how massive and majestic it was. Imagine these blood stock agents don't even look at the color of the horse. No, they don't even look at some of the things that you and I would pass the horse over by. But because of their bloodline, they know they will grow out of it and overcome all that and turn into an Elvira. <laughs> Literally, the power of the bloodline makes them an overcomer. Go ahead and preach with me in Revelation. Amen. It's not about what you've been through. It's about what God is taking you to because the blood of Jesus Christ applied to your life. Amen. And so a bloodstock agent is one that will write out a check for a shaky little foal. Is that how you say it? Or shaky little um, legged horse because they know that in the bloodline is a tingly. Is it tinlingy? I can't even say the name of the horse. He tells how often you, I'm at the Kentucky Derby. You can tell. Number, they know that there's Northern Dancer and there's South Ocean and the Arctic and Secretariat and Native Dancer and Something Royal and Baylord Rose are all in that bloodline. They know those championship horses are in that bloodline, so they write out the check and then they sell the horse to somebody else who then begins the process of even training the horse. Doesn't have to be pretty. Doesn't have to be the right color. Doesn't have to be the right weight. They know that because of the bloodline. And I can tell you that because of the bloodline, it doesn't matter if you fit in or you don't. Doesn't matter if you have everything right or you don't. Doesn't matter if you came from money or you don't. You're on the right bloodline when you put Jesus on your life and when you put him on your life he knows and devil knows and then all of angels all the angels and spiritual world knows that you may not look like much right now you may be weak kneed and foggy eyed and confused and not sure where your future is headed but if you put the name of Jesus on your life you are now in the bloodline and the bloodline will take you to every championship God wants you to have the bloodline will bring you out of everything that you now are in and it will make you what God wants you to be and I'm grateful for it amen 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 and so they do 58 different things to study muscle mass and bone structure they study the cardiovascular system of predecessors they study the bio they do biochemical analysis of cults that have come before at their 14th month when they're 14 months old, they take blood samples and they take stride and motion tests and they, and they study the efficiency of their running. And they realize that if the, back, if the horse's back legs are too short to their front legs, they will climb when they jump out. And like an airplane instead of stay level and keep accelerating. They realize if their front legs are too long, or, or off if their legs are off just by a little bit, that when the horse begins to accelerate, the front hoof pat, the the hoof strike of the front hoofs actually creates a a closing of the stride and doesn't allow the horse to stretch out and fully run like it could, and it creates a breaking effect from the hoof striking too soon. So they look at stride, they look at leg angle, they look at foot strike, they look at acceleration of limb action. They look at size of heart, size of lungs, and other major organs in the bloodline, and they break it all down into computer analysis and put it into a virtual reality, and they produce what the colt will look like down to the nostril size before the thing is even born. That is what man can do with computers and virtual reality. Imagine what God can do when he said in Jeremiah, before you were born, I knew thee. Imagine what God has done with the plan for your life when he says, I have a plan for you. And it's through my bloodline. And every chain can be broken through the blood. I'll, 
I'll truncate this and, and, and get done as fast as I can because I'm a long-winded preacher, apparently. Look at Jeremiah 1 and 5. Throw it up there again if you haven't. It's a beautiful verse. It says, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet of the nations. This is where we get our understanding that when you are in an embryo state, God formed you. And babies are worth something. Amen. Whenever, whenever egg meets sperm, the first thing created is a blood cell. Your blood type is the first cell created. And in that cell is the DNA strand for everything you will be. And so we have to understand that when Jesus died on the cross and shed his perfect blood within that blood was the DNA of everything the church was going to be. Everything we were going to be flowed from the cross, amen? And so we understand that 14 generations from Abraham to David lived and died within the Jewish bloodline. And 14 generations from David to the Babylonian captivity lived and died within the Jewish bloodline. Nobody else was welcome in. Nobody else could have Abraham's promise passed to them. But you had to be in the Jewish bloodline. Then from Babylonian captivity, what did I say? To Babylonian captivity to Jesus Christ. No, David to Jesus Christ was another 14 generations. I'll get better preaching as I get back to church. (laughs) Another 14 generations. So if you were to line up 14 people here and put their arms on the back of each other so you understood it. We can't do that right now, but obviously just envision it with me 14 people and you have Abraham in front and then 14 generations to David and then David in the back and then another 14 come along and you have from David to Babylonian capture and then another 14 come along and you have Babylonian capture to the day of Jesus Christ Jesus Christ on the end was just in the bloodline that's all he was physically he was born in Bethlehem he was a Jew amen in fact he was a Jew rabbi so he had a right to the bloodline of all those generations but when the devil tried to kill Jesus had the devil known he would have never crucified him have you ever read that verse you want to know why because Jesus' hands were on the shoulder of his bloodline he was in line with the bloodline and no matter how much you wanted to get in you couldn't get into any of those generations if you were a Gentile but when you get behind Jesus. The Abraham promise is in front. I'll bless your seed and I'll bless the generations after you. And that promise passed down through every generation and it's on Jesus. He has the Abrahamic Abrahamic process, whatever promise on his life. And whenever whenever the Lord was lifted up on Calvary and the devil crucified him, he took his hands off the shoulders of his bloodline in the Jews and he opened them and that took him out of just the Jewish bloodline but now he shed his blood and anybody behind him can come in to the family of God because he was taken out of one bloodline and it was opened up to everyone who wants to get in, amen, through the blood agent Jesus Christ. And so of course we know that when we put Jesus on in our life we become blood agents to go out to whosoever will. And say you can come to God. It's open. You don't have to be a Jew. You could be a Gentile, a Greek, male, female. It doesn't matter. Read back in the chapters in Galatians there. And it says that you can come to God. Anybody can come to God. Why? Because they stand behind Jesus. And he was wounded for our transgressions. And he was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we were healed. He not only opened the bloodline, but he brought healing and salvation and renewal renewal and restoration and whatever you fall into he can get you out of because he's fallen we can get up I'm talking about Jesus Christ the one who saves and delivers all because we are welcome in the bloodline amen somebody and the worth is in the bloodline why do you think the enemy attacked your family why do you think the enemy attacks your marriage because you're in the bloodline why do you think the enemy doesn't want families to stay together and homes to stay protected because you're in the bloodline, because you've given your life to Jesus Christ. You have heirs to a promise that can change the world because when you are blessed to be in the bloodline, you want others to be blessed too. And you'll walk over to your neighbor and say, how are you doing? Would you like to come to church this weekend? Would you like to know about Jesus? 
you'll begin to share because you don't look at them for the way that their marriage has fallen down. You don't look at them for the way they're raising their kids. You don't look at the foggy eyes of the disappointments and the dreams that are shattered in their life. And you don't look at the shaky knees of how they can barely stand to get through this quarantine because they've lost their jobs. You look at the fact that if, if God's blood can be put on their life, there is a new destiny for them. There's a new place they're headed, not on what they are, but on what the blood says about them. And his blood says you have a new destiny if you just be in Christ Jesus. Amen, somebody. Would you stand with me as we celebrate the blood of Jesus? Tanya is coming to help us, and we're going to sing some older songs that have the celebration of the blood in them. And if you need to go, I understand, but I trust you You know that the blood is more important than anything else. He freed up the bloodline. Amen? Jesus freed up the bloodline for us to have access to Abraham's promise, and I'm so thankful for it. I'm so thankful for it. There's freedom through the blood. Every chain can be broken today just as it was then through the blood. How precious, the scripture says, is his thoughts toward us. Why is his thoughts precious? Because we're friends of God. If we're in his bloodline, we're his friends, and he holds us in his hand, and nothing can take us out of his hand. If they can be that calculated... About, about a horse. How much more calculated is God about your life? How much more willing is he able to turn it all around when you give him everything? But you have to surrender. You have to take yourself out of who you are and what you are and put on Jesus Christ and be who he wants you to be and what he wants you to be. So would you bow your heads with me as we pray, Jesus? I ask you to give somebody strength right now to let go of what they are. For if we find our life, we lose it, Scripture says. But if we lose our life, we find it in you. And so I pray somebody today would become the possession of Jesus Christ and they would begin to live their life for you. That they might receive the generation upon generation upon generation upon generation of blessing through Abraham. That Jesus freed the bloodline and someone can step into it today. In Jesus' name. I don't care what mistakes you have made. I hope you have ta been taught that as long as you're taking an error, you can pray a prayer and God can forgive you. So I pray today that you understand that no depression is too deep. No struggle is too far gone. No person is out of God's reach. You're not a lost cause. No matter who you are joining us online or in this room, you're not a lost cause. There's no such thing in the bloodline of Jesus as a lost cause. He died and his blood still reaches. Amen. Let's sing about it today as you worship the Lord. Would you lift your hands and just take a moment amazing of thanks for that amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch. Thank you, Jesus. Like me. For opening up the bloodline that frees me. I we memorialize you today, Jesus, on this Memorial Day weekend. If freedom was bought with a soldier's I'm blood, so then blind, what was purchased by the perfect spotless lamb's I blood? Thank you, Jesus. Oh. When we've been yeah. there ten thousand shining as the sun we've no less days to sing his praise than when we first began 
Me strength from day. 